Kings, the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV every Sunday night right here on Channel 11. We're often imitated and never duplicated, and this is why. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's panelists. From 105.9 The X, the afternoon host, Mark Madden. Albie, as I look at myself in the camera, you know what two words come to mind? What? Zero dimes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> From DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Chris Carter. Welcome back. Always glad to be here, Albie. Thanks for having me on. Also, the Penguins' new director of project development from 93.7 The Fan. Hi, Doran Dickerson. How you doing? Excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, too. All right. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words on the Steelers' defense through 10 games. Why should or should not Ben be included in the MVP conversation? If you have one of them, uh, one in the middle of a 10-0 start, what's the most frustrating, if you have one, I mean, they're doing great, but what would be your frustration with the Steelers right now? And if you're pit, how do you game plan to limit Clemson as much as possible, if possible, next week? But first, the big topic tonight, What's going to be the biggest area of focus against the Ravens if the Steelers want to stay undefeated? Mark, you start us off. I think they just need to show up. I think the Ravens are toast. I think they're falling apart. I think their game today against Tennessee was to see which of those teams would continue to fade from the playoff picture. And Tennessee beat Baltimore. There you go. The league has figured Lamar Jackson out. The Steelers certainly have figured Lamar Jackson out. Just play Lamar Jackson the same way you've done the last time the teams met, and the Steelers will win comfortably. The Ravens are cutting their own throat lately. All the Steelers got to do is hand them the knife. All right, Chris. I think the Steelers have two advantage points that they can really strike on here. One, the Ravens are having trouble on defense covering, which is surprising considering their cornerbacks. But you saw Corey Davis taking advantage of Marlon Humphrey on some plays and Ryan Tannehill outplaying the Ravens defense in, in key situations. Ben Roethlisberger has been extremely efficient this year. His receivers, he trusts them all. Even if Juju can't play this, this, this Thursday, he's going to have the weapons to challenge these guys like he did last time and do even better than he did last time. Defensively, just make someone other than Lamar Jackson beat you. That's their problem. They put the when he tries to do too much, they run into problems because they have no wide receivers and their tight ends slightly above average. Just do what you've been, like Mark said, do what you've been doing, force him to beat you, and they and you got no problems. Doran looking to Thursday night, game planning for the Ravens. Yeah, the obvious uh, answer here would be to stop Lamar Jackson because nobody else uh, is a threat to me on their offense. And Lamar Jackson is their whole team. If you stop him, uh, you stop the Ravens. But really, the number one point here, the Steelers have to be disciplined. We know that the Ravens are going to come in here. They're going to be chippy. Last game was chippy. They're going to be agitating. They're going to be antagonizing. This game that they just played against the Titans, you saw in the beginning of the game, Malcolm Butler yelling at John Harbaugh, them yelling back and forth, John Harbaugh not wanting to shake uh, Vrabel's hand. This game is going to be chippy. They're going to be antagonizing the Steelers. The Steelers have to play a clean game. Don't let the Ravens get in their head and be disciplined throughout the whole game, and they'll be the winners. I'll be specifically about Lamar Jackson. Just make him throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. He is not a good passer of the football. He's been found out. Just make him throw the ball. And outside the numbers, when he's targeting inside the numbers, you see his numbers spike up a lot, but when you go to the sidelines and have to target those receivers, that's when you see him start to drop in his production. All right. A reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the Steelers' defense 
through 10 games. All right, to social media first. From Twitter, good, but they can improve. That's from Evan on Facebook. Virtually no weakness when healthy. That's from John on Facebook. And finally, from Twitter, uh, this defense is legit, baby. Now Mark, Chris, and Doran, five words on the Steelers' defense through 10 games. Mark, you're first. A perfect modern-day defense. They give up some yards. Sometimes they even give up some points. But they get so many takeaways and get so many sacks that they negate when they're vulnerable. Look at today. Four interceptions. You get four interceptions. The other team don't have a chance. When Devin Bush got hurt, you wondered who would pick up the slack. It ain't been a linebacker. It's been Minka Fitzpatrick. Since Devin Bush got hurt, and notably today with the two picks, Minka Fitzpatrick and his speed and his ball sense, he's the guy that's picked up the slack. Chris, five words. Always coming through when necessary. Before these last two blowout wins, the Steelers were in three close ones back to back to back. And in those three games, the defense had to make five, count them, five stops on drives within the last two minutes, and they made every single one. No offense has put up the final points to be able to take this to Steelers defense, uh, take the lead off the Steelers defense late in the game it, since the beginning of last season. It has, and, and that was off of a James Conner fumble that gave the Niners a short field. This Steelers defense comes up big in clutch moments, and they are, the, are they finding different ways to beat you with the pass rush up the middle, around the edge, covering underneath, and of course, Mika Fitzpatrick and, got to say, Terrell Edmonds, who got two picks today as well. All right, Doran, uh, five words. Close but no victory cigar. Look, this defense has been playing very well throughout the season from Cam Hayward to Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds today, like Chris just said, with two picks. Uh, they've been playing very well, but they know where their aspirations are. They know where they want to get to. They know whenever they need to light that victory cigar and smoke it, and that's in the Super Bowl. They are going to get better and better as the games go on. It's hard to get better, I know, because they've been playing very well, but they will get better and better as the games go on, and they know that whenever they get get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, that's whenever they're going to light the victory cigar. They're close, but not yet. All right. Thanks, guys. Still to come. Albie, by the way, I had forgotten Terrell Edmonds was on the team. So big day for him today. <laughs> yeah, two and two, Minka and uh, Terrell. Thanks, guys. Uh, still to come, why should or shouldn't Ben Roethlisberger be included in the MVP conversation? Back to Twitter, why he should be arguably uh, arguably one of the best years of his career. Coming off a serious elbow injury, team barely finishes 500 without him, and with him is currently undefeated with him. How is I that think I read that characters? right. That was a long tweet. Thanks, The Real Sean. Back with more of the final word right after this. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden, Chris Carter, and Doran Dickerson. Why should or shouldn't Ben Roethlisberger be included in the MVP conversation? Doran, you're first on this one. I mean, he absolutely should be included in this conversation. I mean, it's ridiculous that he isn't. Uh, just look back to last year in the quarterbacks they had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, and look where they were at as a team. He is the sole reason why the Steelers are 10-0 right now. He's played at a high level, coming off a uh, could have been a career-ending injury to his elbow, and now has developed into a quarterback that is divvying out the ball to a bunch of young star uh, skilled players on his offense, and he's done a great job. He absolutely should be in the conversation as an MVP. He's the sole reason why they are 10-0 right now. All right. To Twitter, he's the main reason the team wins. Shouldn't that be the only criteria? 
Thanks, Joey. Chris, you're next. I believe he's got 24 touchdown passes and only five interceptions. And that 24 touchdown passes might change uh, the standing-wise, but right now I believe he's fourth in the NFL in touchdown passes. And Tom Brady may take that over on Monday Night Football when he plays, but the point is that he's been extremely efficient. My biggest thing with Ben Roethlisberger over the years is that he locks on to one receiver even before Antonio Brown, and he wouldn't come off them, and that would lead to mistakes. This year, he's seeing the field. He's being the field general that, general that Mike Tomlin knows he can be, and that has made this offense extremely efficient. They're hovering right around 30 points per game, and it's because of Ben Roethlisberger. Is he the best quarterback in the league right now? No, you can't. You, I'd say it, but he is in the MVP conversation. If he continues to carry this team, and they do get to 16-0, and it's a long way before that, but if he does, that needs to change this conversation than just about the stats. Mark? Valuable. The word is valuable. They went from 8-8 eight and eight without him to 10 and 0 with him. That defines valuable. The only guy who should be mentioned ahead of Ben in this discussion is Patrick Mahomes. And if he wins it, if he keeps playing like he has been, I would have no problem. But Ben should be number two, no worse than number three behind Aaron Rodgers. Guys like Murray and Wilson, they keep turning the ball over. Like Chris said, Ben protects the ball. Mm -hmm. The word is valuable. But here's the problem. He has no chance to get it. He won't even be in the discussion. The national media decided that about Ben Roethlisberger a long time ago. All right. The Steelers, well, they're 10-0, so lots of good to talk about. But if you had to pick one... What's the most frustrating part of the Steelers team right now, Chris? I think it's that people are so unnerved about the lack of one factor of the offense being something that you can depend on. Like, you know, every, if people have been get used to for the past decade, oh, Antonio Brown, he'll save the day. Oh, Le'Veon Bell, he'll save the day. Now it's, no, 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 no. Ben's going to get it to Deontay Johnson. He's going to get it to Chase Claypool. He's going to get it to Juju. He might even get it to Ray Ray McLeod like we saw this game. James Washington seems to average a catch a game. It's crazy how they're still averaging this many points per game. They're actually around that 30-point mark they set for themselves four years ago and never reached. That's what's, it, what's, what's frustrating for a lot of people is they're like, how, 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 why is the run game here? Why isn't this guy blowing up? But they're putting up points. Ladies and gentlemen, relax. They're doing a good job. All right. What's the most frustrating thing uh, from uh, Facebook? That we have to wait one week to watch the next game. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. Not this week. They're on Thursday night. Doran, what's, uh, if you could pick one, what's your most frustrating thing about this team? Well, it's hard to nitpick a 10-0 a team, and, you know, they've done so many things well. But if I'm going to nitpick, it's going to probably be the offensive line and the run game. Uh, even though James Conner did have 89 yards rushing today, which is a pretty decent game for him, uh, you know, they haven't got the push up front. They look like they're a pass pro offensive line. That is their, that is their MO as offensive line. I, I kind of want to see them develop into that running uh, offensive line again, that dominating, that push up front offensive line line that can uh, open holes for running backs but it's guys it's hard to nitpick a uh, 10-0 team and it's something I didn't realize Dor until after the game but uh, uh, before these nights tonight's games James Conner has the six most rushing yards in the league I, I was like what I, I, I looked at a stat sheet and I'm like that can't be correct but it was now again it might change tonight but it's crazy Mark I don't think there's anything frustrating about them I think there might be some things they're frustrated about namely that they're 10-0 and and they're not really getting their due they're 10-0, and 0, and they're not number one in most of the power rankings I see. Ryan Clark had them, I think, fourth this past week. He's an ex-stealer. They're 9-0, and 0, and they were fourth. Uh, they're not a highlight reel. They're not stats darlings for the fantasy crowd. They're just efficient 
and they win. I wouldn't even call them entertaining unless you're a Steeler fan. So they're not getting their due, and perhaps they're frustrated by that, but it all ends up playing in the postseason. And boy, if they don't win at least one playoff game, this season is an utter disaster. And, oh. and even the stats that they are getting, guys, Chase Claypool has 10 touchdowns in his first 10 games in the NFL. It's never happened for a rookie in, in, in the Super Bowl era. That's insane. And he was left off of a top 10 rookie list just this week by ESPN. All right. Pitts on the road with Clemson next Saturday. 3.30 kickoff if you're keeping score at home. So, Mark, if you're Pitt, how do you game plan to limit Clemson as much as possible, if possible, next week? Well, Pitt was without a whole bunch of guys this week due to COVID. So if I'm Pitt, I take a bunch of their players, send them out and about without masks on, get a bunch more COVID, and you win handily. No, that's sarcastic, and I obviously wish them nothing but good health. But Clemson's going to kill them. This is just a question that can't be answered. Clemson is going to kill them. All right. Let's go back to social media. Have to pressure Lawrence and hope the secondary can make a few plays. Um, our next opinion comes from Chris Carter. <laughs> well, being that I cover Pitt, I think their best chance, back in 2016 when they beat Clemson, they leaned on their strength with was an insanely efficient offense. They don't got that offense anymore. Now, Kenny Pickett's tough, but he's not going to win you the game by himself. The defense, like the, like, the like the person on Twitter said, they have to pressure Trevor Lawrence. They have to believe in the system that they, they've been working this season, and the secondary cannot give up big plays. When they don't give up the big plays, they've, got, they, they've been able to stay in football games and give Pickett a chance to make a big play here and there with his offense. That's the ticket here. Don't let Eddie Etienne get the big runs. Don't let Lawrence hit the big passes. Force them to work their way down the field and maybe, just maybe, Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver come to the come to your rescue and force some fumbles. All right. Doran? Oh, you got to pull out all the stops. You have nothing to lose if you're the Pitt Panthers uh, playing against Clemson. If you are uh, Patrick Jones, if you are Rashad Weaver, if you are Demar Hamlin, guys who have uh, uh, guys who prospects at the next level who could up their draft stock. This is a game that you show up in. This is a game that you grab as many sacks as possible. This is a game whenever you lock down that tight end, that top wide receiver, if you're Demar Hamlin, and show that you can play at the next level. The seniors, the guys that are leaving, the guys that are prospects, have to step up in this game and make big plays if Pitt has any chance of beating Clemson. All right, thank you again. When we come back around the horn on any topic, it's the final word next. Welcome back. It's time for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Doran goes first. My final word is players of the year. T.J. Watt, defensive player of the year. Chase Claypool, rookie of the year with 10 touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger should be in the MVP conversation and comeback player of the year. And Mike Tomlin should be coach of the year. Whenever you have all these guys with these accolades and these things moving forward, that's why you're 10-0. That's why you have the best record in the NFL. And that's why teams are scared to play you every single week. You have all the makeup to be a great team, and you're showing it every single week. So players of the year is my final word. All right, Mark, final word. Well, well, well. <laughs> what the heck is going on up at Creepy Valley? You started out ranked number seven in the country, and now you've lost, uh, wait, I, I don't have a calculator. One, two, three, four, five games in a row. Oh, and five at Creepy Valley. The coach is a good coach. I don't necessarily blame him. And that's a pretty good roster of players. 
I have no idea how the heck it happened that Penn State is 0-5. I do know, <laughs> I do know, it's hilarious. Chris, final word. Pittsburgh, it's time to give Terrell Edmonds his flowers. He's been playing very well this season, even before today's two interceptions, and one of them was a spectacular tip to himself one-handed. He has been doing so much for this defense, lining up, covering different spots, and helping disguise things to help Minka Fitzpatrick and the other guys make plays. Even the interception, the second interception he had, they showed a high cover two with the safeties. It was truly a, uh, an inverted cover two where the corners dropped back, the safeties went up, and he played into it perfectly. He understands the scheme. He executes at a high level, and you got to respect that. He is proving a lot of his haters wrong. Congratulations to Terrell Edmonds for today. All right, Chris and Mark and Doran, thank you. Our final word now from social media, Ken Schinkel, rest in peace. Uh, thanks for that tweet, Jim. Ken Schinkel was 87 when he passed away on Friday. Schinkel was an original member of the Pens, the first player in team history to earn a spot in the All-Star game. And uh, as Mark will know, 49 or 50 years ago, Schinkel was paired on a line with Ron Schock and Eddie Shack. It was the Schink Shock Shack line. And so rest in peace, Ken Schinkel. And that's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark, Chris, and Doran. Thanks for staying up late with us. See you next time.